0: Yo. Yo. Yo, yo. Let's
1: wait for Scott. What? Scott is this? Got you there. Scott can hear us. He declined to co-host, of course. Ran. Yo, Mario. I'm sure Scott wants to talk about bricks. Yeah, Rick's. I was
2: having that issue where my mic. Uh, <laughs> off.
1: Sorry. Hold on. I can't see. Are you? Where are you? Oh, there yeah. you are. Um, so, Scott, I just told Rand that you really want us to talk about bricks. Um, I'm not sure it's a good idea. I know you're a big fan. I, bro, I think I do I, that I don't well. know.
2: Very mature. Um.
1: <laughs> Man, damage control right after the show. That was, that not, was an hour or two of damage control. Not,
2: not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, already described uh, Twitter, my Twitter. Technique on Twitter, I think ever since getting past like maybe 150, 200,000 followers, the only way I can approach Twitter and remain sane is that I I view it like pulling the pin out of a grenade, throwing a grenade in the room and just casually walking away and never looking back. That's how I think about every tweet. I'm gonna have to start viewing spaces that way too, I think
1: yeah man like you start it, what happens and it's a good idea because what happens is like everyone now petrified to talk shit on scott is that like you throw grenades non-stop so they kind of they kind of give you a little little tap on the shoulder or punch you yeah. in, the, in the gut and they end up shooting them in the head
2: i thought the guests were I, I thought the guests were knowledgeable and fine it's just every once in a while i hear something i'm like that's just not true and i have to interrupt you know like oh breaking news yesterday no bro that was like april <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so we'll do we'll do bricks again today. Yes. Yes. Uh, more bricks, please. Uh, bricks <laughs> updates. All right, man. So, so you want to kick it off with a market update And today's uh, your show because I know that um, you're a very private person You take security extremely seriously. No one knows your wallets, and and this is something you're very uh, you're an expert at. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, it's something that I would like to be able to uh, participate more in, but can't because I've have been a doxed uh public personality in the crypto space for so many years which makes it almost impossible but i mean market update bitcoin still kind of hanging in the same spot uh, very much not not much to see here i mean Rand, maybe you can talk about about bnb and if there's any implications to what's happening there but that is at least uh, still trading below 220 but i think market uh Very kind of boring after the drop last week. People are sort of holding their breath and and waiting to see what what happens next. The real story, obviously, uh, is NVIDIA is going to be reporting earnings. This might be the most hyped earnings. It's like the Super Bowl of earnings right now because NVIDIA has obviously been somewhat carrying the market, uh, it seems. On its shoulders. So, poor earnings could be a harbinger of bad things to come for the market. And positive earnings could obviously mean that a lot of people will think that this sort of little correction is over and things are going to rip to the upside. So, I think, yeah, you know, listen, for, for me on Bitcoin, this market is extremely oversold, as I told you guys last week. I mean, four hour RSI had hit a historic low. Uh, we might go lower, but I think we're gonna we'll bounce around for a while. I'd be surprised if, at least in the short term, we go much, much lower. But uh, you know, the market has a way of making me look really stupid, really often. So we'll see. But then, you know, moving on from there, Rand, do you have anything to add, sort of, to the market update?
0: I mean, yeah, I think you pretty. I mean, we covered the the RSI is being quite low. We also covered the fact that Total Three is now at the same level. Total Three is the Bitcoin is the crypto market cap excluding Bitcoin and Ethereum. So it's actually the real altcoins, that is now at the same levels that it was after FTX. Um, it's literally at the same levels that it was at uh, on the 8th of November, which is after FTX. Um, so we spoke about that. We spoke about sentiment. Then we spoke about potential COVID restrictions coming in and what they could actually do to the markets and where what the source of all of these is. Because if you look at what's going on, it sounds very much like the first COVID pandemic. If you like, look at – how, you know, first it's a tourist, then it's another tourist, and it's like one or two cases in the United States. Then it's a discovery that the virus is spreading and uh, faster than than they anticipated. Then it's mask mandates uh, and no gatherings and stuff like that. And now we're starting to see the beginning of, like, mask mandates. So we, we looked at what the agenda behind all of this is. And then um, looked at, did a little bit of a BRICS update in terms of, you know, Putin spoke last night, Modi spoke last night, Um so we spoke. We we spoke about that, and then I just spoke about a couple of altcoins that I'm accumulating very, 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 very slowly. But as I said, I'm not really accumulating them right now.
1: And maybe just one one more question to Rand before before Scott, you go to the panel. Is uh, you covered Nvidia as well in your show today? So maybe give us a, a, a quick overview on why it's so hyped and and what makes it so important. So. If you look at the,
0: the S&P, the S&P is rallied despite global liquidity actually coming down. So usually the S&P rallies uh, or the NASDAQ rallies um, with global liquidity or specifically dollar liquidity. In this case, the uh, NASDAQ ran um, with liquidity going down. And what drove the NASDAQ up is very much, they call it the AI rally because it, it was made up of like five stocks or seven stocks, mainly AI related which is NVIDIA, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and, and Meta or Facebook. So this year, the, the NASDAQs up about 40%. The top five stocks make up about 25% of that 40%. And of that, the biggest is NVIDIA. Now, important to note that NVIDIA hasn't missed its earnings forecast in four years. And I think what, what's going to happen is they're announcing today after the bell closes. If they beat their expectations or meet the expectations, and just to recap, what the expectations are. Uh, they're looking for earnings per share of 2.07. They're looking for revenue of 11 billion or 11.04 billion. And they're looking for free cash flow about $4 billion. If the, the NVIDIA hit that, I reckon NVIDIA runs and the NASDAQ run with it. If NVIDIA misses the, the forecast, then you could get a correction of up to 5% because then people say that, may say that this uh, bubble has, has popped. And uh, and this AI bubble is popped, so that's kind of like what, what we're looking at. I think I agree with Scott that this is. I don't know if it's the most hype, but it's certainly one of the most important earnings. If we want to keep market stability, uh, it's the most important earnings. I don't think Nvidia would disappoint, but you know, let's see let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly a, a, per- a perfect summary. Uh, And I do want to now move on, I think, to the to the topic of the day, obviously, which is, as Mario said, uh, something I wish I could be more passionate about, uh, but it's very difficult in our situation. I know Mario, Ran, and I have all had people very deep in our wallets uh, who have tracked effectively everything that we've ever done. I I can tell you that uh, anecdotally, personally, and I know these things have happened to all three of us because we are all docs, transparent figures in the crypto market, um, I've been extorted. I've had to deal with the FBI. Uh, I, for a while, had to have security. I've been attacked in public. I've been stalked. I've had people send me pictures of my children playing in my yard that they shouldn't have. So it would be nice to be able to have some privacy and not need that level of it. And so I understand why people remain anonymous and are not doxxed in this. But I think that even for people like us who are pretty transparent and major personalities, there are very obvious things that can be done uh, or things that we would be like to see in the market. And today we have like a, a really breadth on the panel, a really awesome breadth uh, of both privacy experts and then obviously people who are building these things. You know, I see we have uh, N-Coins, an uh, EN uh, privacy protocol on Cardano. We got Elusive who had news yesterday, obviously um, about private uh, uh swaps on Solana, which I think is really cool. We have Moshe here, a digital architect, uh, co-founder of Tomy. And then, of course, Dop, which was launched yesterday, uh, which will allow you to effectively keep your transactions private. And just the the broad strokes, obviously, of something like we've all sent a, uh, a blockchain transaction, a crypto transaction to someone and then... You realize that uh, once they see your wallet, they can see everything you ever did, everyone you ever paid, everything you ever bought, everything you've ever done in that wallet. Right, so guys, we've got another. So uh, we've got uh, Firo, I don't know if it's pronounced Firo, Firo, Ruben, I'm sorry. But basically, and then of course, one of my favorite guests who I talk to quite often, Seth for privacy. Seth, I, I want to start with you. I, I guess uh, for some broad strokes here, you kind of uh, obviously you're, you you rose to a claim or larger claim to some degree when you realized what was happening with Ledger, right? Ledger uh, released this the the service that uh, people freaked out about, saying that it was going to be a violation, they could backdoor your device, all those things. You were the guy who discovered that, wrote a thread about it. It absolutely blew up. But you've been passionate about privacy for a long time. I guess maybe we should start with like why this actually matters. Is it important? Because a lot of people are completely dismissive about their privacy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get this started there. Uh, thank you for the invite. and excited to chat about this in front of a, a larger audience because often privacy doesn't get the, the limelight that it deserves. And awareness is a, a huge step forward towards privacy. Um, but really, basically, I mean, when I'm talking to people, pretty much everyone wants privacy. They just may not realize what that means for them. Um, and I mean, like you were talking about how you're a, you're a public figure. People know who you are. Obviously, people know what you look like, etc. But that doesn't mean that you don't have privacy. It just means that if you want to keep specific things in your life private, it's going to be a little bit more tricky. Because I, I think a lot of people cross wires between the ideas of privacy and secrecy, or privacy and anonymity. Where most people don't necessarily want to be anonymous, hiding in a forest invisible to anyone, no one knows what's going on. But practically everyone wants privacy, which is just very simply the the ability to selectively reveal yourself to the world. You choose how much the people around you know, you choose how much you reveal to governments, to nation states, to friends, to family, to everyone that you interact with. Um, and that's ultimately what privacy is. It comes down to you having the ability to consent or not consent to data about you being publicly available. Um, and that I think is something that everyone wants. If you talk to anyone and you, you ask them, Hey, can I see your, your bank records or see uh, your, your pay stubs for the last year, see how you're spending your money. No, one's going to want to do that, even though they may not think they need privacy. Um, But there's a very fundamental human desire for privacy that we all have and finding how to fit that into the digital age where everything we do is online. And now in the, the cryptocurrency age where, much of our finances are now online and publicly visible in a way that wasn't even possible with credit cards or debit cards, bank accounts, that sort of thing. Uh, There's a lot of new things to discover. And a lot of us kind of have to hit a pain point of realizing how much is out there about us before we can swing back and start to start to take some actionable steps towards privacy.
2: Yeah, I mean that that all makes a, a ton of sense. And as you pointed out, obviously with crypto, as much as uh, we can advocate for privacy, it's actually very, very public, right? The the blockchain tra- transactions. If someone knows how to look into it, they can effectively find any anything they want about you, which is a bit uh, terrifying when you actually think about it. I mean, I want to talk to Dopp, uh Matan, I know you're there, and, and Mo, either of you guys, what's up, about uh, w- what you're doing about that and, and why you view this as so Im- important because uh, DOP is just incredible. Like I, most of what the problems that I've had have been because I was using public ledgers, right? And so people could dig back, like I said, if you were able to just hit a button and say, don't reveal the sender's address, how many problems that solves? Uh, Mo, you want to go ahead?
4: Yeah, yeah, sure. So again, first of all, thank you for inviting me. So I, I think it starts even before that. If, if, if we look since the, the dawn of history, you always seen that there's two major tools or weapons to control mankind. The first one is money. It was always been money. Money is being weaponized all the time. It's being weaponized. When you look at the uh, Russia-Ukraine war, money has always been weaponized. But the second thing, which could be even bigger than that, is information. Information is maybe the biggest one, the biggest tool to control. And it's a huge problem that we cannot control our own data. And with all the magnificent and beautiful things that technology brings us, It's also taking a lot of our privacy, therefore taking a lot of our freedom. Now, Seth said many, many things that I agree with, but when we look at the mission to decentralize the financial system, it cannot happen with all the respect to everything. It can never happen once we don't equal the privacy that we have in the conventional system. When I go to the grocery store and I want to buy milk, It doesn't make any sense in the world that the seller can go into my wallet and can see my balances. He can see what I have, or I can go to ease. Just makes zero, zero sense. And it will never, ever be a forms of payment, a real one, scalable one, mass market one, without solving those issues. Now, those of us that know... Uh, Satoshi spoke about it. He spoke about it in 2011 in one of his latest uh, 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 talkbacks. I think it was in Bitcoin talk. Uh, Vitalik spoke about it two months ago, spoke about privacy and the fact that he thinks that if Ethereum will solve privacy, it will be a big problem for them in the future. So scalability and privacy are two very important Uh, things. uh, uh
1: Moshe, Scott, I want to say one quick thing: is that if you got me on this space six months ago talking about this topic, I would be making the argument that privacy is overrated and it's dead. And I think if you have nothing to hide, why the hell should you should you require (laughs) privacy? I know it sounds a very naive, dumb argument, but then obviously I experienced what surprisingly you experienced as well is that people doxing your location you know my old address in dubai was doxed i had well i wasn't really private about it i had uh, you know personal matters docs all my wallets and i didn't even care about all my wallets being public but then people could link it to everything to all projects that we work with people in my personal life so i learned the hard way that privacy is a necessity um, but i'm actually curious scott, like you actually you've had hold issues on. with the fbi scott hold on hold on when uh, we signed uh, yeah. up for blockchain when we signed up
0: to transact on the blockchain. Did we not sign up for the fact that every transaction was gonna be visible to everyone on a public ledger? Isn't that one of no. the one of the no. major things that we actually signed up for? We signed up for a world of no, transparency. That- we signed up for a world where transaction can't be changed. We signed up for a world where every transaction is visible to everyone on a public ledger. Isn't that what we got into when we decided we wanna be part of this movement?
4: I definitely think not. I definitely think not. This is a bug. It's not a feature. This is not something that was planned. The, the idea is to uh, uh, go against double spending and make a decentralized financial system where no one controls it. No one can print more money. The way that it was architect doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing you know and when you say privately and and mario you said it very good and seth said it said it very well uh, privacy it's not about hiding something privacy is about the power to control your own data and to disclose and not to disclose what you feel comfortable to do and we don't have it now And you see it and you feel it, and you know many, many times how many people go into your wallet. Why did you sell that token? Why did you do that? It's a huge problem that needs to be solved. And I think DAF is doing something beautiful to solve it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I wanna talk about data ownership protocol as well. Scott, just one question, if you don't mind, very briefly, what did you go through? What was your experience? Because that sounds fucking horrific. Yeah, I, I want to
2: be. I was on the right side of the FBI, not the wrong side. To, to clarify that question, I was. They, they, I thought someone. They, I, thought, they, I, thought, I thought someone swatted you or something. That was my guess. Well, I, I, so I. So yeah, I would say that the first major problem I have was being SIM swapped twice. Right, and uh, and I. Then went through the entire trying to work on that with T-Mobile. They gave me the highest protections. I got SIM swapped again. Uh, luckily, I didn't lose any assets because I had it pretty well protected, but it's pretty terrifying when that happens. You have to change every password you've ever had in your life. That's when I started to take this years ago, uh, privacy and, and and certainly security more seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, from, from there, I, After having a whole lot of issues with my do- my wallets being doxxed and lined up with tweets and all the shit that we all know we've all been through a million times to, to create these sort of false narratives, then I had people trying to extort me saying they had face, fake knowledge. I had to deal with the FBI and go after the people who were attempting to extort me, which they didn't have anything anyways. I mean, it's a real shit show, man, and people don't realize how much goes on. It, behind the scenes once everybody has access to everything that you've ever done or yeah. or because they just see an opportunity to take advantage I mean I'm telling you when when somebody sends you a private message with pictures of your kids playing in your front yard saying they're coming for your money you take that pretty seriously
1: Yeah I I and Moshe like what I went through very briefly is I I, like very recent I went through from the from being private no one caring I I recorded all my calls and obviously we're talking about the blockchain on the blockchain all my wallets were public I was very comfortable with it all my wallets were linked very comfortable with keep is remaining public and when people told me like Mario this fucking stupid even my um, my team members this is dumb I'm like why is it dumb there's nothing to hide let's put it all public and then you realize as soon as you are public person you you know you, you put your name out there People will use any piece of information to come up with any any narrative, and and they start experiencing the importance of privacy. Like, Moshe, what triggered you to to launch uh, DOP?
4: Yeah, so so I gotta say, I don't think privacy is the uh, only problem of famous people or public people. I think it's it's a big problem. Just if we want to make. Crypto, a real mass market form of payment, then it's got to be private. You got to allow people to, di- to choose what to disclose. Now, this was the major reason that uh, made us try to solve this problem. And I think what we successfully did, or we we're successfully doing in DAP which is just going live soon uh, is and the alpha is out. So you're welcome to test it. Is we're bringing privacy to Ethereum. You can encrypt any ERC-20 or any other um, uh, ERC-721 or 1155 NFTs. Uh, you can encrypt those and then store them or transact them on top of Ethereum with the scalability and the security of Ethereum without... Uh, being tracked you can choose using the data ownership protocol you can choose what to reveal you can say you know what i just want to show that i bought an nft but i don't want to show the rest of my balances or i don't want to show the other tokens i have or you can say you know what i want to show the types of tokens that i hold but i don't want to show the balances which makes sense. You choose what to reveal. You can choose to reveal everything to the IRS if you want to, no problem. You can give them a key and they will see everything. Uh, So we think that this kind of protocol would become a standard uh, for the Ethereum ecosystem. And by doing that, it will solve one of the major problems. It won't solve the scalability. There's other protocols to do that, but it will solve the ownership of your data problem which is a big one
5: yeah paul what are your thoughts so i think a lot of people don't realize that mario's opinion um and how his opinion that he had quite uh, a while back when he first got into crypto about i don't really care about the privacy i'm going to dox myself is actually insanely common more people that interact with especially people not in our bubble of cryptocurrency um, really don't care about their privacy and a lot of us don't care about until it becomes critical And so, one of the fundamental theses that I've had about getting privacy adoption is that it needs to be by default. And I think a lot of these protocols, I haven't looked at adopt very carefully, but I think one of the most important things that as builders we need to do is give it to people that don't give a shit, right? I don't care about privacy. I just want to transact. I want to send and receive money. I want to interface with with a, a protocol. And I get that privacy regardless. And I think Apple actually has created a great... call kind of standard and has adopted a level of privacy that most people don't realize they're getting. You know, when iMessage came out, it heavily increased the privacy of an SMS chat, at least between two people that are using an iPhone or iPad. And for a lot of people, they didn't know, like when I went and sent a message to my mom and to my sister, they didn't realize that was end-to-end encrypted. Um, Until tools like that become a default, uh, we're not going to see good privacy adopted. And we don't, we lose the level of privacy for those of us that care. Now, in, in the scope of cryptocurrency, I've noticed this in cryptocurrency protocols, the ones that make it default, the ones that make it as easy as sending Bitcoin, i.e. so far from our experience, Monero is, is kind of the, the de facto standard. You don't have to deal with multiple address types. You don't have to shield your money. You don't have to know, Hey, do I have money that is clear or not? I just simply send and receive that protocol has achieved the highest level of adoption. So I think user experience, hiding the fact that you even have to do anything for privacy is a key piece from the viewpoint of what I've seen with things like Tornado Cash um, and protocols that are kind of opt-in. You get them used by a lot of the nefarious actors and very little by the people that just want to use crypto or just want to use financial services. So I think it's a key thing that people forget about. Yeah, Paul,
2: basically you're saying, I think, which we know the obvious is that humans are going to be human and they're only going to care about it as much as it's convenient.
5: As soon as it becomes convenient, exactly. It's an absolute sad truth. But I think the the key piece is let's build the tools that just get privacy into their life, doing the things they already want to do. Um, And then we, as people that actually care about privacy, actually get better level of privacy because privacy is a lot like trading markets. Liquidity is king. The higher liquidity you have in privacy protocols, the more private it is for everyone. That is the anonymity set problem that you have, and that's a key piece we forget about. You know, it mirrors a lot of just financial markets. You know, liquidity begets liquidity, gets a better product.
2: Ruben, go ahead. You've had your hand up for a
6: while. Hey, yes, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a few things that were talked about. I think, guess, like you know, Mario was saying. Yeah, he didn't care about it. And it's often the case that once you need privacy and you didn't care about it, it's kind of too late. And I think also, I don't know who was saying this earlier, but he's saying, like, oh, you know, blockchain transparency, isn't that what we signed up for? You know, this is everything. But I think the key difference is that With the new privacy system actually with all the privacy systems uh, since then although you are hiding what the transaction is you are not preventing the verifiability right which is not just by sight and not everyone's not just eyeballing it it is through the use of clever math right it's not and of course we have all these expert cryptographers and mathematicians that make sure that everything is right but this is kind of the beauty of you know, zero knowledge proofs or the new types of privacy protocols where you can still verify that you know no money is being created out of thin air, no one is printing money for themselves, but still hide all this thing. So, yes, blockchain transparency, I think it's more of a uh, the lack of technology that was available then rather than, oh yeah, you know, this is something that we definitely must have, because if we want to be money as as you know, Moshi has, has pointed out, Satoshi wanted privacy, but the, the tech then wasn't quite there. The, the other thing that I also wanted to, to touch is that, you know, he said, like, weaponization of money. Yes, that has happened to, to in a way, a weaponization of money has happened for, like, a long time. But it is also a relatively new thing, the way in the global economy things are working, right, with sanctions coming, like, much, much more to the fore in the past, what 20, 20 years or so, and you know we've seen cases where you know you know Venezuela had their gold reserve seized because you know UK and a bunch of Western countries say, oh no, you know your your leader isn't responsible, and I basically mean, Russia, took away. Russia
2: had literally yeah. their entire like uh, central bank deposits. <clears throat> removed and Correct. liquidated, you know, because of their, their war in, in Ukraine. So I'm not saying uh, supporting Russia or anything, but you, it's pretty scary when you see hundreds of billions of dollars disappear that was deposited in the bank, even as a nation.
6: Yeah, definitely. So, so anyway, I just wanted to touch on that, that, you know, I, I, i I came to crypto because, you know, my payments were being trans- being censored, right? And I feel that, you know, with the whole move towards like everything should be KYC, everything should be like AML. Not that I'm totally against it. I do think that there's, you know, some measure that, that we need to employ. But at the same time, you know, it should not be just about hiding criminals. It's also about like, you know, Being free to do things without someone telling you what is right or wrong, the government deciding which country is right or wrong, or like, you know, for example, in China or even even in Western countries, right? Like I ran a VPN service in 2007 and back then VPNs were considered like, oh, why would you want to use a VPN service? You know, you must be doing something dodgy. Now every day you get like so many VPN services here and there. And because of that, my business was actually censored. You know, I was cut off from my credit card companies. All these payment get- gateways did not want to accept payments, and that's how I kind of with crypto. And in the way, I would say privacy is kind of essential to maintain that uncensorability. So, so
2: yeah. Yeah, Seth. I see you have your hand up, and I want to ask you where uh, you can comment really quick. But then I want to ask you specifically your thoughts on Frentech in this, uh, it, it, you know, in this context.
3: I have not dug into Frentech at all, so I don't have any I'm comments shocked. there, I'm but I, I know. I, I've seen it's the latest rage, but I haven't followed are it we followed really up yet. talking uh, about so, again? Are, are
0: we back, are <laughs> well, we we back there again, tech. Scott?
2: The only reason I asked is because, you know, we had this sort of uh, 100,000 people, they they called it a hack, but it wasn't really, but being able to connect once again, everyone's addresses to their personalities, but no, we can skip tech. Go ahead, Seth. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good example of many people who sign up for something not realizing the ramifications. And a, a good friend of mine, Andrew Bailey, mentioned on a podcast lately that often pain is the best teacher and sometimes the only teacher. And I think one of the reasons why I love that we are able to have conversations like this with people who maybe haven't experienced any pain related to a lack of privacy yet is that you can get ahead of that. Like you, you can avoid pain being the best teacher and uh, a lot of the things that we've we've talked about get get towards that. Um, but I also just wanted to kind of briefly touch on the the idea of privacy again. And that I think we've kind of harped on a lot of the different ways that like you and Mario want privacy and how it's been a struggle. But it, it really comes down to privacy as the, the means to an end. It's not interesting to gain privacy just to gain privacy. I, I'm not pushing privacy as this idea just because I like privacy or because I'm for privacy. But privacy is as an, as an immensely valuable means to the end of freedom. And ultimately, there is no ability to have freedom without privacy, and especially financial privacy. Because if we have our finances laid out for the world to see, laid out for governments to see, who often either are authoritarian or can quickly become authoritarian, the amount of freedom that we actually have is drastically diminished. So if we're really seeking human flourishing, human freedom, and the, the individual having power rather than the, the oligarchy or, or, or big government, that kind of thing. We need privacy as a, a means towards that. Um, so oftentimes we need to look at the bigger picture when we're talking about this kind of stuff and seeing that it, it really is the, the way to achieve freedom at a broad scale.
1: much much, argument to be made for, um, you know, would you invest in a project that is doxxed or a project that is that the, 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 you don't know the identity of the founders? Like, There's also an argument to be made and I still I still believe in that argument despite what I've been through, what Scott's been through and I'm actually curious what Rand has been through, what happened to him in South Africa. I have a feeling there's some dark shit that happened in South Africa to Rand but isn't there an argument to be made where a, a world that doesn't have privacy could sound very dystopian but it could make sense. Imagine everything's transparent. No one could lie because everything's on the blockchain. Is that? I know I don't believe in that argument as much as I did a few months ago, but I'm curious to get your thoughts, Maju.
4: Yeah, my thoughts is that we need balance. Just like Seth said before, we just need balance. And the problem today is that we don't have it because we don't control our own data. It's kind of crazy. And regarding to investing in a project without knowing who it is, who stands behind it, you know, if I had the product, if I didn't have the product to examine, to, to examine then then probably not but if I have the product and I can check the product I don't care who stands behind it I don't care about who are the inventor I care about the invention if it's decentralized think, you know if it's all if of it's us
0: decentralized
4: if it's decentralized. If, if it's decentralized of course of course what what do you mean look at all of us all of us have bitcoins does one of us know who satoshi is? I mean it's alfini but but other than me knowing it's alfini does anyone knows who's Bitcoin uh, creator Anyone knows Satoshi? But everyone is behind it because we saw the technology, we we played with the product. So I definitely think that we need to move from credibility to more proofs to verify, to see. Uh, But again... The ability to choose to share this information. Okay, I want to share this information with you, but I don't want to share my financial uh, balances. I don't want to the the fact that I want to buy an NFT, Uh, and I have a bunch of. I agree with you.
0: I agree with you that that's a flaw because I don't like it as much as you don't like it, and I believe that if you go and buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks, then the barrister shouldn't know. Uh, uh, every single ICO that you've ever invested in and every single transaction that you've ever made. I agree. But having said that, that's part of the rules of the game that we signed up for. We signed up for a, no, public, no. a public ledger. We signed up for... A, I, no. I would
5: we're actually correct. disagree. Early we're in 2013,
4: we're privacy friend, we was a yeah, we, we signed for a, a, a financial system that is not in the control of anyone specific. We signed for mathematics as a a verify method. Uh, And if we found, and we did, not only us, other projects also found that using zero knowledge proofs, we can get the same verify, verifying capabilities uh, uh, as what Satoshi did in, in 11 or at the 09, then we just have a better solution today. And I'm sure that in 10 years, there will be a better solution back then. We signed for a system that is decentralized. This privacy, lack of privacy, it's, it's not a feature, it's a bug. Uh, and I gotta say one more thing. Just you know, I, I, I 100% support and agree with everything Seth is saying. We need to remember privacy is freedom. In many places over the world, when you don't have privacy, it lack. It gives you the uh, it takes from you the ability to express your opinion without risking something. It's not only in the financial system. It's also you guys. You cannot express your free opinion without taking a cost people in russia people in, in in arab countries people in china when when they do that they're risking their freedom and those kind of technologies that allows you to own your own data just for starters are an extremely important step in to, 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 you know to, to go against everything that is happening in our digital lives. That everything is exposed. Everything is uh, the control what, what, in Google.
1: Marshall, one last question for you, Mo. Before we go, I've, I've got I see a lot of panels with their hands up. One, one more question is like, how do you prevent that that option of privacy to being used for nefarious reasons?
4: Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. So obviously, we don't want those protocols. Uh, uh, to become the the safe havens for bad actors. That's definitely not what we want. And we do have tools that allows agencies, just like Zcash, by the way, allows agencies to blacklist some addresses from interacting with the smart contracts. And this committee should be uh, uh, the the committee that chooses which addresses to be blacklisted should be in the control of a DAO, because you know, Russia agency can say one thing and the American agency can say a different thing. So you need to have a DAO in place to be like the de facto courthouse to, to make those decisions. But the protocol does have these abilities in it that allows them to uh, blacklist and, and and stop and block bad actors from enjoying these systems.
1: Yeah, because I, like I feel, uh, and Ryan, uh, you probably agree with this, and I'd like to get other panelists to see uh, if anyone on stage agrees with the point that everything to do with privacy benefits everybody because it gives us freedom. But at the same time, it's mainly used by those that are doing things that are illegal and nefarious. Does anyone disagree? No. I disagree. <laughs> yes, disagree. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's not uh, the case.
7: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yes. Go ahead. At all. So any any uh, guest can feel free to jump in instead of me. Yeah. Look,
8: I think there's different. Yeah, jump I in. think there's oh, different no. motivations for privacy, and 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 too often the criminal side of it uh, is associated with privacy. It's that negative.
1: Yeah. Who you just dropped? Uh, and we them. Yeah yeah so so, so someone else will jump in at the same time as Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah. pretty passionate
3: Seth yeah go. Ahead. Yeah, I can go and jump in there. Yeah, I I definitely 100% disagree. I mean, if you look at any of the most popular privacy tools out there, they're most broadly used not by criminals but by people who need privacy, by dissidents, journalists, activists. I mean, Tor, if you look at the history of Tor, it is overwhelmingly used for good things. Yes, there are things like darknet markets that live on there that can be used for bad things, but the The use of a technology for evil does not make the technology not worth it. And we've seen this throughout all of the, the history of technology. The car, first adopted by criminals. Phone, first adopted by criminals. Smartphones, widely used by criminal organizations and ah. it sped up their ability to do crime. But, but look at all of those things and look at the human flourishing and freedom that have come through them. Uh -uh. There's always a first adopter phase to privacy tools that often are those people who are most in need. And that is normally journalists, activists, dissidents, people in repressed countries and criminals. But the last, the last of those criminals being able to use a tool does not make it evil and always has to be possible for the tool to actually bring freedom. Because if we talk about a protocol where you can censor at will, anyone who's using it, you have to know what's going on in the protocol. So you have to have a way to to break that privacy or backdoor that privacy. And you have to have some sort of censorship layer. And if you have those two things, the privacy tool itself cannot function to bring human freedom. And that is something that I will I will always push very strongly against. That goes against what Bitcoin was created for and what much of cryptocurrency was created for, because we, we need censorship resistance for this stuff to bring freedom. And in order to have censorship resistance, we need privacy. And if either of those things are are able to be changed, able to be broken by whoever is behind the, the project or protocol, it, it will not function. If you look at popular cryptocurrencies like Monero, which is the most popular privacy tool within the cryptocurrency space, there's no ability to backdoor the privacy. There's no ability to censor on-chain. There's no ability for miners to censor, which is a, a huge step towards freedom because, yes, it means that bad actors can use the tool, but it also means that good actors can use the tool despite... Authoritarian regimes, governments, law enforcement that are evil, attempting to prevent them from doing so. And that has to exist for human freedom to be brought through these tools.
0: Brian, you were jumping in? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I've got a, you know, one of the things that really struck me when I went to the US, when I lived in the US, was how they want to believe in transparency. Like all, all court documents are public property and like, you know, everything. in. I think the US, um tries to be a very transparent environment i mean we let's let's put aside the the let's put aside the the layer behind that but i just and I, and I understand the need for privacy, but I really struggle to understand how the the powers that be are going to allow privacy because I just think it's not it's not part of of how governments operate.
8: I think I was saying this. I was saying this before, but I got cut off. I, I think that it's really important to understand the motivations for privacy as well. So we're talking about pretty extreme cases, right? Like living in an in an authoritarian or a dictatorship government, or you know, a, a criminal using it to hide their to hide their whatever whatever nefarious purposes they're doing. But I, I think even at the most basic, fundamental level, when it comes to Transactional privacy, at least, even for people who are just complete beginners, they have like you—you you wouldn't think that they have a, a a motivation for privacy. It's important to to separate that the fact that privacy is security, right? Like it's simply dangerous to expose your personal financial information to everyone in the world, no matter where you live, right? Like in in fiat so, systems, so, but- governments allow privacy. To, in, in the form of a bank account, right? Like when I go to, you, you give the example of the barista uh, at your coffee shop. Like they can't see my personal financial information. So,
1: so Houdini, Houdini, let me let me ask you a question. I've got another question for Mo. So, so the question I have for you, uh, Houdini, is is privacy dead? Let's be let's be straight here. Like with Rand's point, like with CBDCs, etc. Is privacy dead? And then I want to ask Mo: Is that how do you determine what to make private, what not to make private? I know you guys are working on it, adopt. So I'm actually curious. But Houdini Swap.
8: Is privacy dead? No, it's, it's absolutely not dead. I think it's, it, it's the next evolution. Well, and, and it depends where you're like in what context is privacy dead? No, absolutely not. But in the specific context of crypto and blockchain, I think it's just the next evolution. It's, we got to this point where we've, we have some pretty serious adoption. We have institutions playing like we're in contact with, with hedge funds, for example, who require privacy. Like it just, if our, our philosophy is that if crypto and, and blockchain is to become a global digital payment system, there needs to be privacy. Like, it's just not going to function in a, in a seamless way with CBD, you know, with, with central bank digital currencies. It'll never happen. Like, it's just not a, a realistic future. And so, it's not dead, but it's evolving. Hmm. She's like mo, so
5: mo get your I, I you have a question about uh, central bank digital currencies. So I know you guys have a lot of um, uh, privacy developers on here. Um, what's your sense of urgency on that? because that is coming very fast, and there's no stopping it. And you know, as you can hear from like the world economic forum, they're they're constantly talking about it. Central banks love it. Um, and it's going to be linked to a bioidentity and a, potentially a social credit score like like China. So, what are your guys's? Um, what's your urgency? Is it worrying uh, you?
1: Yeah, DOP. You guys didn't actually. I don't think you spoke. Do you, wanna, do you wanna unmute your mic, DOP?
5: Sure yeah, sure. Can you hear me?
9: Yeah, bro. We can. Yeah. Perfect. So you you just asked if privacy is dead, and I want to say that from my perspective, um, privacy is not even born okay i think that now crypto is not really mainstream yet so it feels that privacy is not really you know needed but that's not the vision it's not our vision for crypto our vision is to bring crypto to the mainstream and in my opinion it will never happen without privacy so it feels like it feels like privacy is dead because yeah in the past i i i totally agree that in the past Privacy was mainly for criminals, but you know, that's what people used to say about Bitcoin. And I think that we are growing together as a crypto community. We see that people really need privacy. So, you know, Aristo used to say that the truth is in the middle. It's not about zero or one. And, and the middle is, is the truth. And I think that absolute privacy or absolute transparency are both wrong. So you don't, you, you don't need zeros or ones, yeah? We need to allow the the crypto community flexible privacy settings. No one thinks that, I don't know, cash is for criminals and it's private. It's the user responsibility and it's not the tech responsibility. We just need to give our users the options, the options to do it in their way.
1: Uh, Ruben, jump in. Yeah,
6: so I think Ran Ron mentioned that, you know, the governor's not getting privacy, they won't get behind it. But I do think that if with enough pressure, like, for example, let's take a look at the UK, right? They actually wanted to ban end-to-end encryption on, on messaging, right? And in response, you know, iMessage, WhatsApp, all these end-to-end encrypted messengers were saying, well, screw that, you know, if you guys are going to ban us, then, yeah, none of these are going to be available in your country, right? So... I do think that it's, you know, rather than just saying, oh yeah, governments are uh I mean, there's nothing that we can do i do think that if it's sufficient enough people make it a point to care they actually can be changed because i don't think these people when they're being denied the tools that they use every day but people uh, but Rube, goes- people
1: just people don't seem to care man mm. uh, I like, like, just doesn't we talk about mm. privacy all the time yet people still use social media that has no privacy people still publish shit that has no privacy it just seems that people are voluntarily giving up privacy for convenience
6: I, I don't think it's right to say people who use social media don't care about privacy. I mean, we all use social media, but again, it's all about the, the ability to have that choice, right? So none of us want to have like a thing like WeChat where, you know, the government can see everything, right? I think, well, unfortunately, a lot of us still use Telegram because of their false advertising. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing that I wanted to bring up is that you know CBDCs, yeah, of course, you know this is a really big concern. But if if the the Europe when they, they when they surveyed European citizens on what was the number one concern they had on CBDCs, it was actually about privacy, right? I don't know. And it, now we can no, no. see talk, all talk the
1: about, re- talking about talking yeah, Ruben, Ruben, talking about privacy, Ran. We can hear you talking to your kids. It doesn't seem you care much about privacy, man. <laughs> Ran. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead. Ran, we can still hear you. Um, let's actually all mute and listen, listen to Ran. <laughs> Ruben, go ahead.
6: Yeah, no, I I was mentioning that, you know, even if you take a look at the messaging behind the European CBDC, they keep on talking about privacy, privacy, privacy as well because they realize that especially when it comes to money, especially when it comes to countries that have been you know, uh, subject to authoritarian governments like Germany, you know, still very, very, uh, you know, cash. They, they they would defend cash very, very heavily because they believe that there's importance between the division of money and the state. Right. But even among Europeans, privacy is actually the number one concern for CBDs, And I actually found that surprising. But all of this information, you know, it's not just No, just me spouting out. You can look it up. It's 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 all online. So just wanted to say that you know privacy is not dead. Of course, it's a battle, but we shouldn't be giving up. And you know we have actually come a long, long way. You know HTTPS being standard, end-to-end encrypted messaging being standard. So there has been a lot of good progress. So we shouldn't just give up and say ah, you know there's nothing we can do about it.
1: Yeah. Leia and Mo, I want to go at Leia, Leia. your thoughts? Like, do people really give a shit about privacy? Like, uh, okay, we're giving them the option here. Like, we talk. You know, Houdini was talking earlier about giving it as an option, or I think he's young as well. Mo was, uh, you know, we got Mo and and Dop here as well talking about the option of privacy is freedom. Yet the next question is, do people really give a shit? As we saw, everyone giving away their data to the to the to the big tech.
10: Yeah, it's a good question. I think as time goes by, you know, like all of this technology is still extremely new. Um, you know, more and more people are getting on social media now, and I think initially, perhaps people didn't understand the problems with you know publicizing their entire life online. You know, talking um, about private things on WhatsApp, on Twitter DMs and Instagram DMs and things like that. But I think as time goes by, people are starting to become more suspicious of governments, more suspicious of big tech. And so I think I am actually starting to notice people caring about privacy. You know, what's really interesting. I saw a new ad from Apple saying that Apple is like, is the place you can go to for privacy. I don't know if anyone else has seen that. So p- privacy is becoming extremely trendy, um, and I think it's something which people really want. The, the question is, are they going to put their money where their mouth is? And unfortunately, I don't think they will. I think at the end of the day, people will always favor convenience over everything, over democracy, over privacy, um, and so on. And so I also, I, I kind of want to just go back a sec. You you also asked, is privacy dead? Um I think it's up to us. I think we're at this like interesting intersection where we have to decide what we want to do. I think big tech and governments obviously are very anti-privacy despite Apple's ad, um, but we're at this weird intersection where it, it's really down to what we build and what we create and how loud we are in the crypto community and how loud we are as um, you know citizens in the society that demand freedom and privacy. So I don't know, I think time will tell to be honest.
1: Oh sorry I muted mo. Your thoughts on that same question yep. like do people really give a shit?
4: Yeah, so you know I think the answer is like this. We we are early adopters. So you look at yourself and you compare you, yourself to the mass market, it's a wrong comparison. I think people care a lot about privacy, but people have no patience and they know, have no tolerance. Right now, they don't. It looks like they don't. They don't until they do. I'll give you an example. Okay, so like in Israel, I think it was like six months ago, there was a huge, huge thing and all of the public spoke about the fact that the government can use a system, a software called Pegasus with a company called NSO in order to just put your phone number in the system and without you clicking anything, The government is in your phone, they see your photos, they see your videos, they hear your calls and see your texts. Once this became public knowledge, there was a huge, huge chaos. Everyone spoke about it for two weeks and now everyone is investigating this. So privacy is not an issue until it is. Right now, we don't see it because like Matan said before... Crypto is not mass market, guys. Crypto right now is a speculation tool for making profits or losses and to make money. This is what it is right now. But this is not the vision. If we want to get to a place that blockchain is the backbone and the the basics of financial systems, then we will need to allow users what they have today. Plus, we cannot... Show a, a, a less good of a product. We need to show a better product. So we are better in terms of self custody. Great. We are better in terms of the fees and the and the speed. Great. We are gr- we are very bad in scalability and in privacy. So we must solve those issues. People will never ever ever use cryptocurrencies if they know that anyone that gets the payment can go to the wallet, period. That's it. It's very simple. It will die at that second. Once we solve this and it shouldn't be out, it should be uh, like he said before, flexible privacy. You should be able to reveal what you want to reveal to whoever you choose. How,
1: how do you do that? Momo, how do you do that? Cause uh, so I was looking at, at Doppin before going to Seth, how do you allow someone to choose what to reveal? Like sounds yeah. So, technologically so, so, impossible.
4: No. So actually, it is. So when when Bitcoin was developed, zero knowledge proofs, uh, all of those technologies were they were there, but they were very early on. Recently, in the last few years, companies like or projects like Starkwell, projects like Atstake Network, they've done. And major breakthroughs in terms of the mathematics that allows you to verify transactions without being transparent and open on the blockchain. We are using those mathematics equations and obviously with our own development in order to create a system that gives you full power on top of Ethereum. You mentioned Monero before. One of the problems with Monero Uh, is that it's not like, for example, it's, it's not stable, right? So people use stable coins. What if you can have a stable Monero? Or something Monero doesn't give you the flexibility to choose. Monero is strictly private. Over here, we have a protocol that gives privacy to Ethereum. So you can take USDT, you can encrypt it and you can transact it now using zero knowledge proofs without it being traceable on the, on the, on on the blockchain. I would finish and say that you need to test it. Guys, you need to go to dap.org and use the testnet and see it for yourself. It's beautiful and it's working right now.
3: Um, Seth? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to jump in on that because the, the idea of having the power to reveal what you want is a, a vital one, but it really comes yeah, like down the freedom, to the freedom, like the, the
1: freedom, Seth, the freedom, sorry, I want to add, like the freedom no, argument no. of it makes a lot of sense um but just like my yeah. two concerns is like the nefarious reasons and do people give a shit
2: yeah also like what uh, just to kind of most point circling back on something he said about it before i don't know how it is in any given country but in the united states you're gonna have to report every single transaction one way or another right so um you know as as he said you can i guess give the key to the irs so they can see it but uh even being able, you should be able to be private, but still be able to share those transactions, you're going to have to. Like in the United States, you just can't hide your transactions. It's literally impossible. Not something that you, you would get in trouble with the IRS. So uh, there has to be a way to thread that needle. Unfortunately, I'm sure there's countries where you can just uh, send privately, not share it, never share it with anyone. Great. You just can't do that here. So it's a really valuable tool, uh, you know, to be able to sort of thread that needle and have the best of both worlds.
3: Yeah. And, and when we, we talk about that, the The real requirement is that these tools have to be convenient, like we've mentioned before. And the only way that privacy is convenient is that it's the default. If we have to take extra steps to gain privacy, you're going to drastically limit how many people are actually going to choose the private path because of that convenience privacy uh, seesaw that most people want to just sit on the the convenience side. So it it is important that things are default, but there's there's a misconception that a system that has default privacy, like Monero, for instance does not allow you to reveal the information that you want to reveal, which is, it's a myth. It's its not true. If I am using Monero and I'm using it totally above board, which I do, I pay taxes, which I do, I can still reveal any information I need to about those transactions to the government or to other people using something called a view key in Monero. Uh, that exists for most privacy preserving protocols. Zcash has a similar concept. Um, I believe Fero has a similar concept, though. Ruben can comment more on that. Uh, but its it's not something where when you are using a private tool that provides privacy by default all the time, you don't have the ability to reveal information. You always can, even if the tool didn't have a native ability, even signal. If I wanted to reveal a chat to to someone, yeah, I can just screenshot and share the chat. It's much easier to selectively share data than it is to opt into privacy every time. And so it's really vital for anyone who is building a tool or who is a developer, who is an educator in the space that we push for, privacy by default, whenever possible, because that is how we get people using privacy-preserving tools even yeah. before they realize the risks of uh, of a lack of privacy in cryptocurrency. Yeah, for sure. Elusive, I want
2: to ask you, because I literally saw the news yesterday and I shared your profile here saying we had to get you here, uh, obviously not knowing you, but uh, I saw Anatoly sharing that you were offering basically private swaps uh, on Solana. First of all, why is that important? And uh, how does that work then if you want to share those transactions with the IRS, something like that, just kind of leads in to exactly what we're talking about here.
7: Yeah, happy to be be trying the space and uh, have the chance to, to finally also uh, give some impulse. Um, yeah, so um, I think we, we broadly um, um, talked about the reasons why, why privacy is important, um, especially in DeFi, I think. Um, a lack of privacy, um, yeah, really undermines, um, the individual's freedom. So private swaps, um, are essential just as normal private transactions are. Um, and for us, this, this compliance aspect, um, that we were just talking about is also really important. So, um, for us, you can generate, um, viewing keys for individual transactions, um, or, um, different rule based um, subsets of your asset ownerships or, or transactions. So um, if you do a private swap, swapping your wrapped ETH, your Sol for USDZ um, on Elusive, what you can do is you can generate a viewing key um, that then gives the IRS um, insight into this swapping transaction, um, only exposing what you did in DeFi um, to all third parties that you share this viewing key with. Um, and what we are working on, which I think is important, is also to have this feature um, be directly integrated with Block Explorers, right? Um, and so um, you generate this key, share it with anyone, and they pass it into their um, Block Explorer like they would with a normal transaction hash. And now they can see what happened in an encrypted transaction um, so they don't have to go out of their way when 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 checking what happened in an uh, encrypted transaction, likely users shouldn't have to go out of their way when when getting privacy. So I think. So you
2: guys are threading the needle as well. You're you're finding yeah, a way exactly. where you, you can yeah, yeah. transact and privacy, but you have the choice and obviously <clears throat> you can still share it tax-wise and and things. Yeah, like I'm that. actually yeah, I'm
1: exactly. actually curious. I'm actually curious, Scott. Like okay, who who on stage? I know we're going to wrap soon, but who on stage experienced something similar? To, to me or Scott, I know Ryan is with his kids and I'm not sure if he's listening, but I'm actually curious to hear very story yes, where, Very much, yes very much, I'd love to know your story that South Africa's a, a, a different world to, to the West. Have you been doxxed? Have you had any issues because of the transparency of, uh, of the blockchain or you've always been careful?
0: I mean, I haven't been careful. I, I, it's not like I have much to hide. Like, well, what, am, what am I hiding? I'm not doing any illicit t- transactions. You know what
1: I mean? Like it's, it is what it is. Yeah, but we just made the, but hold on, we just made the argument that, fine,
0: that you don't have to fine, hide fine,
8: anything. Fine.
1: You yeah, don't have to so hide anything for people to come up with a story. Like you, you don't want okay, you don't want competitors to know all the projects you're working with, for example. Yeah, I mean, look, that's why. I oh, you're making a transaction. Much, sorry, I'm uh,
0: very much. I, I, I understand the problem very much. I've experienced the problem very much, but I'm just as I said before. Like I, I feel that when we got into blockchain, one of the features that it, that we were told that it has is that everyone can see every transaction. So you know, it's one of the. It, it it is a problem. I understand it. I think I agree with Mo that. With this problem, unfortunately, it does stop blockchain from being used as much as it can be used, you know, because you, you're thinking about it in terms of investing, but think about suppliers buying chips or, or IP or software from other suppliers and competitors being able to track their wallets and then effectively infiltrate their supply chain and destroy their competitive advantage. You know, that's that for me is a big problem. Like, you know, if you're thinking about Apple one day transacting on the blockchain, and paying their semiconductor pro- uh, supplier, p- then you know the entire world will know exactly where they're buying all their IP from and all their consulting and, and whatever else they're buying from. And I think that that's a fundamental problem in blockchain. I think for as long as we have governments and for as long as governments have control, they're gonna be very much against privacy. We saw this where we thought as the crypto community, we said they'll never be able to infiltrate tornado cash because Tornado Cash is a protocol, and it's a decentralized protocol, and the keys have been burnt, and uh, therefore there's no way that the government can control or, or 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 come after Tornado Cash. What did the government do? The government found a weapon against Tornado Cash, which was sanctions. And using sanctions, they've now taken the developers and put or put the developers in, into jail. I think the developers are actually out of jail now. If I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong. But what the government did was they found a tool in their arsenal to be able to shut us down, uh, or to shut privacy down because it, because they don't want people to have privacy. So I think that as much as ideologically, I, I agree with it. I think that it's a very, very, very tough fight to fight because I think it's the ultimate part of what the government don't want to give us. And that is privacy.
3: Can I jump in on that real quick? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to just comment on the Tornado Cash thing because uh, it's something that I've, I've thought about a lot. And when it comes to Tornado Cash, the, the sanctions did not technically prevent people from using Tornado Cash. And even today, people can use Tornado Cash. What the sanctions did, and what the most important tool available to governments is when pushing back against tools that are truly decentralized, which Tornado Cash smart contracts are, but the ways you can access them aren't, which is the main gateway that, that people have been prevented from using Tornado Cash, they can use fear as a weapon sanctions in this specific case were a, a tool of fear and so when we when we continue to propagate the idea that governments are against privacy so we shouldn't even fight for it we we actually aid the governments that do not want privacy in their goals we aid them in those aims so I think it's very 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 important that we remember that even though especially like in the tornado cash case which is a a good one it set a terrible precedent because it showed that governments are willing to go after developers and projects who build on privacy but it also showed us in the positive light that tools that are truly decentralized like the tornado cash smart contract can continue existing and continue working despite government sanctions and government I, interference I agree, and the tools I, that we build have to be able to continue functioning I agree. despite whatever governments want i to. agree but i disagree and you, you know you
0: say that we can continue to use tornado cash Yes, if you're very, 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 very technical, and you exclude 99.9 percent of the population, a, very, a subset who are very, very, very technical people can still somehow use the protocol. But they know that if they do use the protocol and the government does actually find out that they use the protocol, then they've actually violated sanctions. So. You can say oh we can yeah and then that's it. the
3: fear tool yeah you can't use it but the the reason it can't be used easily is because of a, a flaw in the ethereum ecosystem where most people go through centralized api providers that's oh, not a flaw with the tornado cash smart
0: contract 99 percent, 99.9 percent of the world don't know how to use anything else and won't know how to use anything else and shouldn't know how to use anything else and by the way if you do interact with tornado cash today you're in violation of sanctions and as far as i understand that violation of sanctions is quite a serious criminal offense in the United States. So it's like, yeah, it, it is possible to use it. It is possible to use it. But if you do, well, then you're violating sanctions.
3: Of course. And that's the that's the fear tool that I was speaking of. Yeah. That's you, that's the tool that they're trying to dissuade people from using it, but they cannot prevent the actual tool from existing. Yeah, you, you, and it's you, you only can, a flaw in the Ethereum ecosystem that prevents most people. You can say from being able so to
1: you can say this about anything, you can say this is about a bomb. Hey exactly. You can still go you buy a gun and, and shoot people, Correct. but you're not allowed to shoot people. I think you know
0: yeah. so you, can't, laws, you can't really uh, use tornado Cash today. You can't it's too risky to use tornado Cash today. You can't really it's use, use Donato cash today. So that's what I'm saying. I think that, that you've got to look at the government's agenda. The governments are talking about CBDCs. They want exactly the opposite of what we want. We're saying we want privacy. They're saying we want full transparency, and then that, must, that full transparency must also become full control. Now you can't go to people who say we want full transparency and full control and say, hey, we want privacy. I think it's a very, very, very tough fight to fight. Ideologically, I agree. I want to have privacy. Of course I want to have privacy. But realistically, I think it's it's a tough fight to fight.
3: So what's your response then? Is it bending the knee to the government's aims to, to strip privacy? No, as I said, I think there's certain fights that, that I choose to
0: fight, and there's certain fights that I that I think are not worth the 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 way that I'm gonna move the needle. And again, like we can sit here as crypto Twitter and as four thousand people on the Twitter spaces and talk about how much we want privacy. Ultimately we have to accept that privacy is the one fight that governments are all going to fight hard against because privacy means that they're not going to get their tax revenue. Privacy means they're not going to get their control. Privacy no. means that they're not going to get their disclosure. And they don't like Privacy's it.
1: Privacy is not binary. Privacy is not binary, Rand. It's at what level of privacy. is agree. It's a very, very... I agree, but I think...
4: Can I jump in for a second? Can I jump in for a second? Yes, please. Mo. Sorry. Go so ahead, Mo. Yeah, right, so, go ahead, so, layer. So, Sure. Yeah. So, so, guys, you know... Uh, you say this. I got to share with you our experience regarding America because, because you, all of us are looking at America like the government of the world, but it's not true. There's 300 million people inside America. There's 7.7 billion outside of America. Like when we started to develop DAP, then we immediately hired a top, top firm in America and we spoke with them and one of the... Partners is like former head of money, 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 anti-money laundering and, and, and things like that. And we, we got it by, by the way, we got an opinion today. Thank God. But, Part of the discussions with them was like, guys, listen, you need to do this. You need to do this, do that, do that. But then after we've done everything, they told us, listen, it's completely legal. It's perfectly fine. It's nothing like tornado cash. But you want a golden advice? We said, yes. So listen, block it in America. Block it completely in America until the government won't shift because the current leadership is against all of those things and are very, very aggressive. So by the way, we've done it. Not that you can block a protocol, but we are blocking the IP addresses to gate the protocol from America. So we did do this, but we need to remember that governments change and fear is a tool that works until it doesn't work. And regarding the necessity of it, please, I don't think it's, you know, I don't wanna say it's not an opinion because it is an opinion, but in our opinion, it's almost a fact that crypto will never be a mass market tool without the flexible privacy features in it. So we need to build it, as he said before, default tool as a default settings in the standards of Ethereum and the blockchain that will allow people to disclose to the governments, to disclose to the IRS. It's not legal to not show it to them, but it is perfectly fine for me to buy an NFT without the need to show my entire balance.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. And I think this is a good time to plug uh, my sponsor to say, if you do, if you are American and you do want to experience this protocol, use a VPN, use NordVPN. And uh, hook me up for a referral link. I'll, I'll give you a referral link
2: later.
1: Yeah, so, so all, all criminals, make sure you go. To, I'm joking. Anyone <laughs> in Dubai as well, check out.
0: All NordVPN.
2: criminals use Rand's affiliate link for NordVPN. <laughs> yeah, nice.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, you, in, uh, you, Scott- you know what I love? I love, I love when exchanges and, and protocols say, no, no, don't worry. You know, we, we block US IP addresses. I mean, I don't know any crypto user that's not using a VPN these days. I've got to be honest.
10: I'm using VPN. Yeah, go ahead, Leah. Yeah, so I just want to talk about um, the mentality of, oh, it's too difficult to fight, so let's not fight. I think that's one of the weakest and most dangerous mentalities. You know, if we had that mentality, we wouldn't even be here in the crypto space. We wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be on Twitter. Elon wouldn't have owned Twitter. We'd still have Jack Dorsey and and you know World Economic Forum and, and all that controlling Twitter. The fact is, if we give up now, then we're not going to get anywhere. And privacy is a human right. It's a fundamental right, and it has nothing to do with hiding illicit activity. It's about your right to choose what you want to show and what you don't want to show. And the fact is this is going it, it's happening. More and more people are building um building uh, protocols to allow this. I know Dop is obviously doing this, Tommy is doing do this. Do
0: you have a right? And Lea, do you have a right to show what you want to show and not show what you want what you don't want to show? Yeah, when, I'm not, my, a, yeah, when I'm doing when I'm doing my tax returns, I don't not have not that right. Inside
10: my wallet, what, not inside my wallet. What? It's not your business, it's not the government's business. When i do a, my ind- tax I'm my tax
0: returns, spree- I don't have that right. Point.
10: Yeah, but I I can decide. That doesn't mean I'm not going to pay taxes. I never said I'm yeah, not. Yeah, and disclosing taxes. to the
2: government is also different. <laughs> than disclosing to every person you've ever sent a transaction to.
10: Not necessarily doesn't mean I'm not going to pay taxes. But that opens up a whole other can of worms. I'm not even pro taxes anyway. I, I don't think the government has a right to steal from me. So that that's another can of worms. But I pay my also-
2: taxes in case the IRS is listening. I don't I don't agree with that. I pay
10: taxes, but I'm open about the fact that I'm anti.
2: I love the
1: I-, I. I love the IRS as well. In case anyone's listening, um, <laughs> my favorite. English, I also
2: love the SEC. Contrary
4: to the oh, other you. things. I okay. So yes. I- yes.
1: They're welcome on stage anytime. Sorry. Sorry, I just want to put these disclaimers. Go ahead. Sorry.
4: Uh,
0: I
1: just anything, wanted to train anything. Yeah, anything, yeah hold, hold on. Anything that Leia said uh, is not endorsed by me or Scott. So <laughs> <laughs> right, Leia. We were just kidding. You can finish. Well, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I do have a, a, a retort back to, Leia to say, Leia, look, I agree with you, and I think that we we should fight for our rights and our rights to privacy. But you know, I think with, as I say, for me, it's a personal thing in terms of picking my battles in terms of which battles I think I can fight and have a high probability of winning and which battles I can fight and, and have a lower probability of winning and therefore probably a higher return on effort. And so for me, what I'm saying is I really respect people who are fighting for privacy. I just think it's, the, it's one of the hardest fights to fight. I respect people like you. I respect people like Mo because I know very much that he has, uh, he's been fighting very much for privacy. I'm just saying if you take the subset of things that I choose to fight for I think that privacy is one of those things where, where I'm I'm more comfortable leaving it to other people who 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 are more passionate about. I
1: think most. Is this exactly? I think most people are exactly like you, Ran. I, I, that's why that's why I was asking earlier. Like, do people really give a shit? Because while they say they give a shit, their actions don't show that they give a shit.
0: No, but it's, it's also it's also. What is your probability of success? How hard is the is the government going to fight back against you? Like you think about it. Uh, how hard will the government fight back against me for for holding Bitcoin? That's quite a big fight. Like governments allowing me to hold a currency or a, or, a, or a store of value that they can't control, that I can send cross borders without without a um, without an intermediary, without being part of the financial systems. I mean, that's a big fight. Like that's already one big step forward. Now, that is a fight that I'm willing to take because I think that the probability of winning it in the current uh, playing field is 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 reasonable. When you ta- add another layer and say, you know, will the government let me have privacy? Then that's not a fight that I'm that I'm. Ve- I mean, I, li- I like the idea, but am I going to fight it and spend a lot of my time fighting it? Probably not, because I think that the probability of success is much smaller. And I think that, as you said, that's the re- that's the reason that most people that most people choose not to fight for their right to privacy, because I think the probability of success is very small.
6: Uh, can I
10: jump in
2: here? here finish my point? Yeah. player your mic doesn't go, seem to be working. Go
6: ahead, Leah.
2: Uh, I don't think her mic is working. Go ahead, Ruben. then okay. We're going to <laughs> move now? towards wrapping. She's no, back, she's go back, she's, back, ahead, she's Leia, back. Try again.
10: Yeah, I don't know. I got disconnected. Yeah, I just wanted to finish my point. Ultimately, you all do agree that freedom matters and you can sit here and say that you don't, you know, you, you don't believe in, you believe in paying taxes and all this stuff. But ultimately, I you're all just too afraid to say the truth in case that the, but ultimately, Leia, we can't Mario, hear you. Mario. I'm
2: sorry. Your, your mic is Leia. breaking up. It's
7: yeah, amazing. Yeah. It, actually think, talks Mario, about, think- it actually
2: talks about
0: privacy and the IRS. Her so mic mysteriously cuts off. <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm I being, I'm being, I'm being paid by the IRS to mute Leia. So anyone that says anything bad to the IRS, you may be accidentally muted uh, by me or Scott. Yeah, Leia, your mic is yeah, your mic is really bad, Leia. Um I'll I'll I'm just gonna mute you because it's really choppy, I can't hear you. But I think I think what Leia's saying is that we're cowards, me and you, Scott, for not attacking the IRS and saying that private even though I'm not in the US, I don't report to the IRS. I'm just kinda backing up my boy Scott. Um
8: so I think that's Leia's point. That, yeah, that just a quick question. What, yeah, so, uh, what do you think it means to to fight for privacy? Like when you say it's not a battle that's worth fighting for. Like if there were it's like, privacy, it's like not use, not use, to, not use, use
1: them. Not use, or? not use, not use platforms for convenience when that's at the detriment of privacy. Is probably the most obvious thing we could do, and no one's doing. It's like there's so many alternatives to other to the big tech, yeah. to Google. Dude, like even platform.
2: in crypto, I, I, how many people have are huge? You know, use Google Chrome, which whatever, uh, but could use Brave, but go over to Brave, and then they don't like the way that some of the content doesn't load, and then they go back to Google Chrome, right? Yeah, well, I think- And, and I, this I, goes I, back to the point that I think Paul was saying earlier, and I know we're going to wrap really soon. People care about their privacy only in as much as it's convenient, and they don't have to go out of their way to change their behavior to remain private. That, that means it, yeah. it really has to be
8: built in. Yeah. Leah, Leah mentioned that point earlier. She said people will choose convenience over privacy. And I think that's one of the most astute points of, of, of this entire show. It's, it really is about convenience and it has to be there. And for people to expect to get a PhD before they're able to use a privacy tool is, is not realistic, but there are yeah. convenient tools out there. I mean, shameless yeah. plug. We've done over a hundred million in transaction volume on Houdini Swap. It's a very popular tool. Send
2: me some of that, bro. Um,
1: (laughs) I was going to make a bad joke, but I should hold myself back. So go ahead,
2: Scott. Go ahead. Well, I thank you guys. We're we're up against uh, time here. But uh, DOP, you haven't actually spoken and got a really big fan of what you guys are doing. You guys, everyone should follow it at dop underscore org.org. The black, yeah, there's two
1: two logos. two logos on stage. You should follow the ugly red one and the nice black one. The ugly red one is ours. (laughs) Crypto Town Hall account. should be black. We're going to, I was going to, Look i know today. man i know I, I i i everything i have is black including my clothes but uh, um yeah so so the red one um is crypto town hall because we're going to start hosting shows from there in the very near future and the other one is dop because uh, you know we're pretty big fans of what they do um, and they're about to wrap up the show dop data ownership protocol the mic is yours guys
9: thanks just a short comment to ren so ren said 10 minutes ago that he has nothing to hide that is not using any privacy tools is like he don't need it. But respectfully, you will never, ever upload your passport, all your credit card payments history to Twitter. So you you have what to hide. And it has nothing to do with criminal activity. So so what I'm trying to say is that without privacy, we will never, ever, ever go mainstream. Never ever I agree, I agree, I agree with that.
1: Well, I think it's a good point to a good place to end, Scott.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that was a great conversation. What's your wallet, by the way, Scott? Uh, four niner Z six horse alpha. <laughs> horse, Alpha Mario. <laughs> All
1: right, guys, we gotta wrap on the horse, Alpha Mario. Your mind is so fucking weird, man. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap it you up. You should try
8: guys.
2: being married to me. I'm gonna get my wife on stage one day and we break
1: it
8: down.
1: <laughs> I would love your wife on stage. No joke. It would be one of my favorite spaces for sure. um But let's let's wrap it, guys. Uh, uh, ran final words. Oh, I'll tell you, I'm not falling into this trap, bro. Ah, oh, we stopped it. I, you know, I, you ordered me to stop it. So since then, I've been unfortunately forced to no longer do this. Uh, if anyone wants us to start doing this thing again, if you know what I'm talking about, just start. Um, uh, just let us know in the comments. Moshe, I'll give I you a final I words. I wish I could hang up you I'm. right now. Yeah. Moshe, any final words?
4: Yeah, just final words. I think we, we all agree now that privacy is a big part of freedom. We always say in our privacy is freedom. Uh, And please, if I can may use this stage to invite you guys, we are in the development stage. We want users to use the testnet, help us find bugs uh, and security breaches and stuff like that. It will help us a lot and it will help you guys later with the airdrop that will be given to the users of the testnet. Thank you, guys. Thanks,
1: everyone. I appreciate it.